Welcome back to the Mammy Show. This is your host Rohit. Today we have Steve, a serial entrepreneur and 10x business coach. Thank you, Steve, for getting into the show. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I'm excited uh, to chat with you. Awesome. So it's good to have you on. So would you just like to give a quick intro about yourself first, like how you got started with your multiple businesses, your first business, and now 10x business coach as well? Well, I think when you look at somebody who, first of all, is going to be coaching, you have to kind of say, what does their history look like? And are they somebody that I could learn from? And I think learning from somebody who has only seen success is is something that they've never really seen the hiccups in the world. And I think I've definitely run through a couple uh, roadblocks and, and, you know, car crashes in my business. I started off being a uh, self-employed back in 2005, and I built that business up to about 20 employees. And, you know, we're doing, uh, you know, uh, quite a bit of revenue, which was great. Um, and in 2012, 2014, there was a huge adjustment that happened with the, um, happened with the um, market where, you know, prices went up like crazy, 400%, you know, uh, on material costs, uh, contractors stopped paying their bills. It was a construction company I owned. And I ended up at the end of the year, about $750,000 in the hole in 2000, about 2012, 2014 in that time frame. Also with a, a huge lawsuit over my head, that was, uh, you know, a very complicated, very challenging situation. And so I had to make a decision at that point. I had a young family, two kids. Uh, my wife was on mat leave at the time. It was very difficult. And uh, so I ended up getting into real estate at that time. And uh, and I blew up in real estate, did extremely well. And, um, you know, so I know what it's like for people to go through humps in their business and what it takes mentally to be able to handle those challenges. That lawsuit ran from you for 10 years to pay off that debt, took some time to get rid of it, um, just the way the debt was structured. And so it was a very difficult time, but to have the mindset to be able to come and overcome that, that adversity is something that I really work with, with people to try to figure that out so that they can, you know, get to that place that they want to get going. And then obviously the strategy to go from, you know, a business that was making nothing to a business making something, that's the hardest thing. I mean, if you talk to any, you know, a uh, person who's, who's, you know, a billionaire or anything like that, like I work with Grant Cardone. And Grant Cardone and Brandon Dawson will say, I'll buy a business before I'll start a business, right? Because that inertia to try to get a business off the ground takes so much energy. But if you can have that inertia to break that ground, you can, I mean, number one, you become so strong in all the skills required to run a business. But number two is, uh, you know, you can create something that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Grant Cardone was also in the podcast with one of my friends, Peter. A few weeks yep. back, few weeks back, you may, yeah, I think you saw that. Even I was thinking to invest into the Cardone Capital as a non-credited non investor. Even yep. I, should, I haven't invested yet. I, I still have invested in Dubai so far in real estate, but in the not in the US so far. But yeah, I think like I will do it later. But yeah, and so you 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 used to work with Grant Cardone in the same in the real estate industry. Have you invested? With no, it? no, I st I still work with Grant Cardone. So part of my ten x business coaching is I'm I tie to a lot of the methodologies that are tied in with Grant Cardone's uh, business systems. Because let's face it, I mean you can you can try to reinvent the the wheel. I always say this is that you can be you can if I'm trying to get from you know my place to say, uh, you know, if I'm in the edge of a forest in a, the, uh, you know, a jungle and in the, there's a town that's maybe a hundred kilometers away, I have two choices. You know, I can start trying to find a stick and sharpen that stick and then start hacking away at trees and find my way through the forest. Or I can just look to my left 
pick up the keys that are on the uh, on the table there, get in the car, drive on the highway, and then get to the city. Yeah, you know, coaching and business models that have been working and proven time and time again is that car and is that street. It costs money. There's no question about it. But hacking through the jungle and getting you know stabbed by every single uh, branch and running into all those creepy animals that exist in the jungle, you know, and and coming out the other side with some sort of horrible disease. You know, you made it, but you're not the same person on the other side. And sometimes it's for the better and sometimes it could be for the worse. So that's where I look at business systems that are proven to work are something that I think are really critical for a business to, to have, especially when they're just getting started. I even like to say about the growth mindset. So you being the serial entrepreneur, you started many businesses, went to went down as well, made your first million as well, gone multi-million dollars as well. So like journey obviously was a roller coaster but what do you feel like what it takes to get to that stage you know you know i I think anything could be perceived as easy and anything could be perceived as difficult i always say you know when when somebody looks at you know the whole look is the glass half full is the glass half empty concept have you heard that yeah yeah from the childhood yeah yeah exactly what my statement is it's both right because if i look and i just say the glass is half full I'm ignoring the fact that the glass is half empty. If I said the glass is half empty, I'm ignoring the fact that the glass is half full. So I say the glass is both. And that same thing applies when you're looking at a business. When you look at a business, a business could be something very simple that, uh, you know, the the, the concepts are very simple to be successful, but the dedication and the commitment is the hard thing. You know, if I just said to somebody, all you need to do is pick up the shovel and you just got to keep on digging. By day 45, they're going to be tired of digging, but they need to get to day 60 to start succeeding. Right. So that that's where they run into the challenges of the idea of is it a simple concept or is it a hard concept? Most of the concepts and concepts in business are not difficult concepts. It's the commitment and the dedication is the challenge. You know, one of the things that Grant talks about, which I really like, is the idea of being obsessed or being average. Yeah. Hmm. And that the concept that average is the is the is the enemy of being good, and good is the enemy of being great. You know, I can, I can tell you, and, and believe me, I fall into every one of these traps. So I know what it feels like when people hit those, you know, the first time I made a million bucks, I'm like, I'd sit back on my laurels. I probably took more vacations than I, I could have yeah. ever taken. Cause I was used to making two to $300,000 a year, oh, and which is good. Like that was not bad. And then you hit up to a million, you're like, Whoa. And now all of a sudden you're, you're, you know, you make decisions that you just don't care. You spend like, you yeah. really don't like, it doesn't matter. And you take more holidays. And then when the constriction comes, because every business will have a constriction, when that comes in, all of a sudden that multiplier effect happens and you're like, oh man, that's going to hurt. And now you've lost all that rhythm. You know, I always put it back to, it's like going to the gym. You know, when I, when I go to the gym, I teach Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I think is one of the best things for anybody to do, uh, in my opinion, because it allows you to go full tilt with maximum aggression, with the safety of just somebody going tap and it's done. And, and so, but the, the thing that I learned from that is that with um, commitment, right? Somebody who goes every day, builds the muscle memory to do something. So it becomes very easy. Yeah. Somebody goes for every day, takes a six month break and then comes back. No, that, 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 really that's not hard. a case. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Consistency, commitment is a thing in the success. Yeah. Commitment and- is probably the most important thing. Right. And the other thing too, is also setting your goals, right? Like, I think a lot of times people set their goals on their, on their, where they want to get to, but they don't set the goals and their activities of what they needed to do to get to get to that goal. 
So they're un maybe unreasonable with their goals, which is great, but they're also not unreasonable with themselves, with their, with their actions. So they have to be so obsessed with themselves to overperform with their activity and be micro micro focused on their, their, their approach to what they're doing to make sure they're seeing maximums. That's cool. That's cool. Awesome. So even, you know, like, um, having a goal and having a system to reach that goal, you know, let's say someone wanted to hit the million dollars in net profit or in net income, you know, so someone has to make three to four grand a day in order to hit that thing, to be honest. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I, I think the idea of when you're saying that you break it down into that daily task, I think that's perfect. I mean, sometimes like if you look at a real estate agent, for example, you know, real estate agents aren't going to make a three grand a day, but they're yeah. going to make, you know, they're going to make 60 grand or 90 grand in a month. Yeah. And, and so then that 90 grand once a month or two forty five thousand dollars deals yeah. is what's going to hit them. So I think you're, you're a hundred percent right in knowing the math. Yeah. Because if you know the math of, of the number of transactions you need to do in order to hit that, then you say, well, what activity do I need to do to generate those number of transactions? And how successful do I have to be? So in other words, how many transactions do I have to do to hit this number of transactions and this number? And if you can figure all that stuff out, it be, you're, all of a sudden your business becomes very predictable. Exactly. And you know, like first million dollars when it's end, then money makes money. You know that. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. You, you get more traction once you have, you know, more money in the bank account because you can create more attention. Yeah. Like, let's face it. If you can't advertise because 50 bucks is expensive for you, it's going to be very hard for you to start trying to create attraction into your business. Yeah. You know, you go to an event and, 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 you know, you can't put food on the table for the, for the attendees to your event that they can nibble on because yeah. you're, you're running at such a, a low, low budget. That's going to be very difficult. I think being rich and having something and not having something is obviously about the mindset only. Like, I mean, according to me, anyone can do that. And anyone can do anything, to be honest. If they have something to do so, they can. I mean, like, we obviously were the normal people. You also passed out from the school. I also passed out from the school. Same professor, same everything, you know. And But things change, you know. We, well, I actually, I actually never graduated from university. <laughs> see that, you know. But still, you know. But you I never graduated from dollars, obviously. You know? yeah. some... I think it, it, the funny thing is, is everybody's going to make a million dollars. Yeah. I, I mean, anybody can do that. No, everybody will. Like in North America, mm -hmm. everybody will make a, a million bucks. And do you know why? Because mm -hmm. some people, so if I make, if I make $50,000 a year mm -hmm. and if I work 20 years. No, no, no. I'm not talking. I just made a million bucks. That's pretty easy. I'm talking about annually, you know. I'm not talking about. But that's that. See, to me, that's called compression. No, that, right. So if you can compress a million dollars in one year, is very different than making a million dollars over twenty years. Twenty years is a long way. I mean, like anyone can make a million dollars in a whole life. You know, anyone can do it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. But the, if you can compress the time to make it, mm. that's the biggest thing. So speed, also, when you talk about being successful. Speed is something that's extremely important. So if I want to make, say next year, my goal is 3 million for next year, annualized, mm -hmm. right? I need to be able to compress time yeah. to make 3 million instead of in three years, make it in one year. So I have to figure out how do I create that compression to happen? And that comes through scaling. Exactly. Right. Awesome.
So tell me like what 2024 will look like for the entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial mindset, you know? Uh, that's actually a really great question. Yeah. The When you look at uh, 2023, the end of 2023 and the beginning of 2024, it's going to be an eye-opener for most business owners. Um, you know, we see this all across, you know, North America, uh, and I'm sure it's something that resonates around the world. You know, a lot of people had an amazing, you know, first quarter, even second quarter. Third quarter, they started watching their sales start to decline. And fourth quarter, they're coming in going, where is everybody? Mm-hmm. And they're probably seeing delinquency on payments and a cancellation of contracts. And now all of a sudden, the, the the part of the industry that they didn't really focus on before is now becoming the priority, which is sales, mm. right? So they need to be able to sell so effectively now to be able to sell, convert, and retain clients in a profitable way because the free money is all gone. Yeah. All the bad habits that were learned over the two years prior of running a business, anybody who became massively successful in the last two years, it's very difficult to say that that's a massive success because the market did a lot of the carrying. Now, if you say you're successful over real leaders and real uh, market leaders in in the, each individual vertical coming out in 2024, that's who's, it's going to really define who it is the market leader because success is going to be a lot more difficult. The biggest challenge in 2021, 2022 was, could I get a product? Could I find an employee to be able to just ship that product or build that product? And that's pretty much it. And do we have to wear masks or not? I mean, those those were the business problems. Like, what is our COVID policy? I mean, these are the things that people had to focus on. Now it's, can I find somebody who's going to buy my stuff? You made the stuff, now you have to sell it. If no one's going to buy, how are you going to make money? Well, inventories are starting to go up for people now, right? I mean, the, the the gone are the days where you drive by the car lot and there's no cars because they've, they've all been sold and, and and or they've all been pre-ordered when people said, yeah, you want a car? Yeah, it's a one and a half years and you're supposed to accept that as a truth. Now, all the people who sat back there, you know, all smug like, hey, you got to wait one and a half years. And they, they felt that, that it was their entitled to say that. Now people are starting to back off from that and start to offer service and value, and even from- which I think is great. I think yeah. it's great. I got the thing. And even from the million dollar point, I was I watched the grand show as well. How to make a million dollar in 90 days. You watched that? Discovery. Oh, guy. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very good. It was very good. Like he had the million yeah. dollars. He had the value. Yeah, that was the undercover. He did Undercover Billionaire. Is the one billionaire. show that he did. Yeah. And, yeah, he, and that was very well done. He built the business in 90 days, worth of $5.4 million. Yeah. More than what he thought of and more than what he committed, you know? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's cool. But the thing is, it, it if you look at how he how he did everything, it was brilliant, you know. And and the thing is, a lot of people think that he is a sales coach. He's a business coach, right? Because what he does is he shows the importance of marketing. He mm-hmm. shows the importance of creating an offer that allows you to hit the target that you need to get to. He shows you that that prices don't matter. Yeah. And he shows you how to sell, right? Exactly. He, he always used to say he always used to say like context is equal to contracts. First thing, and. You know, like if someone is getting started from the scratch or someone is start getting started from the bottom, you know, building a business, a person should has to be very frugal about spending, you know, that's the main thing. You know, I, I think to a point, I would agree with you. Um, I think if you think with a scarcity mindset, you can put yourself into problems, right? And what I'm not saying is go out and, and blow money willy nilly. I think you need to identify when you're spending, 
when are you spending and when are you investing? When you're spending, that category should be eliminated. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're a new business, just eliminate that category. Live in your mom's basement, whatever it is. It doesn't yeah. matter. Just yeah. keep it cheap. Yeah. When you're exactly. investing, what is the what is the risk and what is the return for every dollar you put out? And if the risk and return are not in alignment, then you can't you don't have the uh, uh, authority or the ability to be able to do it. And that's where you said like when you have a million bucks, you know, as 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 net profit, and you're sitting with you know a few hundred thousand sitting in the bank account. That fifty dollars spend, you're not gonna notice it as much. It never gonna count, you know. Like if someone is making like four or five grand a day, or maybe ten grand a day, he can just spend like fifty bucks, to, uh, like hundred, two hundred bucks in a just a one meal. It cannot be like counted to be honest, because he can make another yeah. few another minutes. That's to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You've been in real estate. Like, what tips do you have for someone who just wanted to get into real estate? What someone want, should know, you know? What's the best? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I think, I think it's a great question, especially given the time frame right now of what real estate looks like. You know, this is the first time I live in Canada and this is the first time Canada has ever seen a downturn market in real estate of any significant amount. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those things that not every deal is going to win. And you have to recognize that when you're getting into real estate. And I think the first thing when you're getting into real estate is know your numbers, right? If you don't know your numbers, don't buy the property if you're buying it from an investment perspective. Personally, I think if you if it's even for you living in the house, if you don't know your numbers, don't buy it. Numbers are so important. But I think too many real estate agents and even mortgage brokers, too many real estate agents and mortgage brokers both operate on the perspective of, you know, they don't, they just try to satisfy getting the client to buy a house. They don't just go through and satisfy, do the numbers actually make sense? And I think if you can focus on that element, and when I say numbers make sense, when you're buying a property, you have to figure out where your, your risk is. Risk is extremely important. And then where your return is. So if you buy a property, are you making it on cash flow because mm -hmm. your rents are higher than your costs? Well, that's cash flow. Are you making it on principal pay down because maybe you're cash flow neutral, but maybe the portion of the mortgage payment that pays down the property, that's your forced savings. That's your, 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 your principal pay down. And that goes into your pocket in your land bank is what I call it. The last thing is, is the property going to go up in value? Are you improving the property or is the market got some upward inertia? So if you're looking at any of those three different buckets, if one, and then you have to say, what's the risk in each of those? Because somebody who's speculated on real estate, who say bought like a pre-construction unit, say three years ago, and thought it was going to be worth mad cash now, and all of a sudden it's worth less than what they bought it for, they're in a predicament, you know, because maybe it doesn't even cash flow once they close on it. Yeah. Even I think you heard of Robert Kiyosaki as well. Yeah, even, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Even, yeah, he's great. Yeah. Even Grant do the same thing too. He took the money from the people, obviously, and then buy the property. Even Robert also used to say, like, use debt to buy the property, you know? Yeah, I think, I think I'm with him, think, on, on, I'm with him on that to a point, you know, like, we're, Grant will talk about that. And, and Grant will talk about that out of one side. But then if you actually look how he funds it, like, he puts a lot of money up for the properties. Yeah. Right. And then he gets it taken out by the people who are in it because the property's making enough money. He knows his numbers. So again, he's leading with numbers because when he's so financed based on, you know, uh, uh, institutional money and, and syndicated money, or I, I won't use the word syndicated or just raised capital, we'll call it oh, yeah. uh, through Cardone Capital. Mm -hmm. So if he raises the money through Cardone Capital, there's debt over here and there's debt over here. 
Yeah. The property's got to be able to carry both of those debts and still be cash flow positive because he wants a dividend out every month. Exactly. Right. So he knows his numbers. You know, he's 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 a very smart cookie when it comes to real estate. That's why it's worth more than two billion dollars now. I think. His yeah, he's 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 got a very good net worth. Yeah. What will you? Of the yeah. properties now. I saw that maybe last year it's two billion dollars plus. Now it must. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is too is in the states like the type of capital type of properties he's buying, you know, a lot of countries don't have those that t- class of properties. Like he's got class A residential properties, where you know somebody's professional is going to live in those properties. At at on mass, like you know, 150, 300 unit properties, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas some countries don't have that; they only have like Class B, Class C properties at that magnitude. So he's really found a great niche, and he only buys them when they're complete. He doesn't build them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yeah. go through the building phase. Nothing like that. He does just uh, typically a rental rehab, and that's it. Do you want to talk about stocks now? I'd love to talk a little bit about stocks and forex. Yeah, I I think. It's good. I think it's the one one thing only you can have. You can always live a big money on yeah. stocks. You say you have experience with that thing, like you got fifteen percent annually. You know. Yeah, and you you, you made really fun stuff. of me for that actually. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, but I, yeah, I think it's kind of like looks like fun because fifteen percent is very low. You know, as for the stocks, and even if you were managing, then then only. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, it definitely, I was spending way too much time managing them to make that little of a return. Yeah. And even though that feels so much mentally and emotionally as well, when you see your portfolio sometimes go up and sometimes go down, and when you feel like sometimes the percentage seems like can be like this. So it seems like that point as well, you know? I, I think that's a big, that's a big thing too. I mean, for me, the idea of you know, watching everything tank and being able to like, you know, mentally cross the chasm of the dip on something that, you know, I just, I just couldn't do it. I, I didn't have the the stomach for it. And, and, you know, as the conversation we were having, you know, pre, uh, yeah. pre-podcast, it was, uh, you know, you've got a stomach for it and yeah. uh, to be able to handle it. I haven't got, see, a year back, it was nothing, you know, I haven't, so I was like 18. So when I was 18, I invested my first few dollars in the, like, in obviously in the Forex only. But then I lost it for the next two, three years. At the age of 19, 20, 21, I haven't did anything like that. But 22 was the thing when I heard of once again, man, what the hell is this thing? Like a green and yellow, yellow profits, one grand, 1.2K, 3K. Okay, five hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. What the thing is this? And it's like people are like actually making money out of this in just from the phone, having laptop screen. That's it. Now what I did is like I started doing copy trading. I just invested first twenty five grand. No, no, twenty five bucks. That's it. First day, you know. Yep. After the two days, I saw that twenty five dollars went twenty six dollars. I saw. That's cool, man. Then in the third day, I invested another hundred dollars. Then in bed, like, you know, it, it goes like, oh man, it, I got three dollars in another day. You know? Yeah. So it's compounding. Then what I did is I invested a thousand dollars. I was just completing adding a little more zeros, a little more numbers, you know? So I was yep. doing that. Then for the first month, it was amazing getting everything. I was getting greedy. Then, oh man. <laughs> 
not working not it's something like so i should do one thing i should like uh take some huge risk and do the stuff like that then just because of those things i must have blown my 10 to 15 accounts in total so far oh my goodness 10 to 15 accounts in total so far since last year yeah accounts worth of $5,000 in total you can say like $10,000 or $10,000-$15,000 worth of my saving I'm blown that that's how I came to the point like no man this is not you have to get slow a little risk free and that's gonna be fine because so how do you make how do you make it risk free in the forex space see I think you just have to consider like making just one person a day from the total equity whatever you have that's not more than yeah. that Let's say you are trading from 10 grand account, you know, so just expect like making around $100 or maybe somewhere like $300 a day. That's and you can easily make it. Don't take another trade until unless your first trade is closed. That's it. Either in profit yeah, or something. Yeah. Even I already told you, like, I took the trade yesterday on gold too. That went so wrong, you know, even I closed the trade on 2600 on loss. Wow. It's even it's just the beginning. Even it's just the beginning. I'm just in the first second year of mine. I like obviously it will go up and I will. Yeah, it's just like and and you know like when it was getting started. This is a thing which I think I can do. Like now, do you do you exit all your trades at the end of the day or do you um, roll them over? No, no. So until and unless I feel like this is a good time to trade. And I obviously you know like when sometimes we trade, it go against us. You know. So just keep it sometimes over the weekend as well. Keep it. Yeah. And do you have a favorite uh, currencies that you trade in or? I do have just like four or five, you know, I do trade gold silver as well, but low, not much, but the favorite of one of mine is like GBP, CAD, AUD, GBP, JPY, USD, JPY. That's, that's the one. So is the Canadian dollar going up or going down over the next 90 days? I don't know. You know, like I used to, uh, so how we trade is how I trade is. Uh, like we use the MyFX book, the calendar that gives us complete alerts, you know, what's going to happen with Fed, what's going to happen with policy, interest rate, mm -hmm. what's going to come in the next one hour, two hour. That's real important. When you see your money with minus $9,000, minus $9,500 running in a red manner, you know, or just <laughs> <laughs> like, I would say like, being risk-free, take low risk, you know, increase yep. the account balance. Because when the account balance will increase, then you can obviously take the bigger risk. Also. I yep. know people, I have, like, in the show, I think, I have onboarded one of the trader who has seven figures account right now. I have six figure account right now this year, but next year I will obviously try to. Yeah, so he was obviously doing the Forex as well. He used to do crypto mining too. He got a big house of, like, just for the crypto mining, you know, like, Making a ton of money just from mining. Yeah, I haven't did that. Just doing that. Yeah, I, tr I tried to do the the crypto mining. I wasn't. Uh, I didn't. What did I use? I just used what is it? Hash something or other. I forget the name. Yeah. Of the software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and and I just I just kind of got away with it, and I didn't really push too much into it, especially after the adjustment in pricing. Do you do right. Bitcoin stuff at all? Any cryptos or no? I don't. I do have my one project, Die Our Friends. That's the complete crypto project. It's not launched yet, but I haven't did the crypto trading yet. I used to do Forex, Forex only. Mm -hmm. These kind of stock thing only. Yeah. Yeah. So crypto, I think Bitcoin seems like very horrible to me. That's why I don't do that. 
Yeah. I just think it's not a, cons- it's not something that it can actually be used in a, in a, in a real currency situation. And that's why I don't look at it as a real currency. People make a lot like of I can't money. go buy a loaf of bread with crypto. I mean, I'm sure there's some weird grocery store that'll take it, but no. it's not something that's in cycle. Yeah. Dubai is full of that. Dubai is full of crypto. You know that? Dubai is full of crypto. You can buy the car from crypto. You can buy the house from crypto. You can do anything with crypto. Yeah. Nah, I've never Thank played you. in that space. <laughs> Any transaction. Make a million dollar transaction from just that code only. That's it. You lost a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I did not do well. I bought, I bought and sold a little bit of the Ethereum and Bitcoin, and and I and I took a bath on 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 those when they took the big hit. So it was never a, a thing for me. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. So yeah, thank you so much for getting into the show and having your wonderful insights on the show. And man, I, great chatting with you. I love your energy, and I love the fact that you're in your early twenties and pushing like this. I think that's inspirational for people. And and keep you getting your message out. It's amazing. Awesome.